Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by the delightful Susie Carr. Susie, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Sheena. I love being here with you. Thank you for having me. So Susie just relatively recently released her latest novel, The Curvy Side of Life, which we're going to talk about. She's also a podcaster on the Lesbian Talk Show, and she does her own podcast on a different channel. Uh, What's that called again, Susie? The Curvy Life. The Curvy Life, that's right. And she's currently working on something I'm quite excited about. Plus, she's going to recommend three amazing lesbian fiction novels. All in all, I'm totally excited. So let's start at the beginning. You just released The Curvy Side of Life. How's that been going? Yes, well, I released it in the spring and it's going great. It actually was, let's see, this is my 12th novel. And I was really happy to see that it actually took off right away. It's always a struggle and always sort of like a nerve-wracking experience when you release a book because you never know how it's going to do and you never know how readership is going to take it. And so when I wrote this book, I really felt like I wanted to do something just a little bit more entertaining, a little more lighthearted, fun. So I created this cast of characters who I wanted to be around. I wanted to spend the six months of my life while writing it. I wanted to be with them. I wanted them to make me laugh. But I also, of course, wanted them to make me feel because my books always have that sort of personal development issue or, you know, strand in them. So when I set out to write this book, I wanted it to be fun. Thankfully, I think it turned out that way. And readership has also told me that that's how they are feeling about it, too that they love the characters, that they are laughing and feeling along with them as well. So all in all, I think it's been a really great launch. I also just released the audiobook version of it on Audible. And the narrator, Stephanie Murphy, whom I had on my show recently, the Curves Welcome podcast, for her to talk about her journey to audiobooks. It's amazing how when you're reading a book versus listening to a book, it's a totally different experience. And what I mean by that is when she read these characters, there was one in particular that I created. Her name is Lucia, and she's a Colombian older woman, and she's the matriarch of the the group, if you will. Well, on paper, I love Lucia, but she didn't pop off the page like my favorite, I would say. Faith was probably my favorite next to Candace. But when Stephanie narrated this book, Lucia is the character who like just popped up in front of me. And I felt like she was three-dimensional. And I just loved her. I loved the way Stephanie did her accent, which was so perfect. And I just giggled the whole time, the whole time that she spoke, every time. It was like I was with this person that I just wanted to cook an apis with and <laughs> sit and have coffee and, and drink wine on the back deck with her. So yeah, it was really a cool experience. I love that. I love that about audiobooks. They just take you in in a whole different way to to what reading does. Unfortunately, once I've read a book, though, I just can't listen to the audio because it never sounds the same as what it does in my head. Yeah. So I always try to get the audio first. That's like my priority, get the audio book, you know? But a good narrator and a good writer and the combination of the two is just magic. It really is. I just witnessed that firsthand with Stephanie. It was just a, a wonderful experience and one I can't wait to continue doing. <laughs> How many of your books are on audiobook now? Uh, let's see. I have The Muse, A New Leash on Life, The Dance, Beneath Everything, and The Curvy Side of Life. So that makes five. 
That's quite a, a backlist. Do you see spikes in your sales when your new book goes up? Um, in terms of when the new audiobook goes up? Either. Yes. Matter of fact, yes. Recently I have. And it's not right away. It's actually like probably a few weeks or a month into it because I think maybe once they've listened to it and now they've gotten their new credit, <laughs> they might go out and want to listen to Stephanie narrate another one, which Stephanie did. This is her second one that she did for me. She did Beneath Everything. Um, I've had another narrator that I worked with as well, and she did a great job on the dance and a new leash on life. And then I did the muse myself. And well, so the muse is the one so far that's been my top seller. And of course, there's no surprise that it's been out longer. But even still, even on like when it launched, people went out and got that right away. So I don't know if it's because, you know, people prefer having a narrate, the narrator be the writer herself or not. But that was the experience that I had. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> that's really interesting. So you're currently working on something called The Pet Boutique, which just the title alone, I know it's not the, the final title, but just the title alone at this point makes me very excited. <laughs> One of the things I really appreciate about your books is when you do have pet characters, they are characters. Your pets are personalities all on their own. Yes, they are. And I love dogs, of course. Uh, anybody who follows me, they have a good idea that I, I love dogs. And so this book particular um, I'm writing my first draft right now and it's wonderfully healing for me and I say that because and I'm going to try not to get emotional here but I lost uh, my dog Bumblebee and I've been writing this book since um, well probably about two or three weeks after she passed which it was on schedule to write and I just prayed to God that I would have I would find a voice because I, I was <laughs> devastated and so I feel like she's with me every step of the way. I really do. I feel like it's going to be no surprise that her spirit is in this book. I'm sure it will be. Okay, so let's talk about the three books that you recommend. The first one is your first ever lesbic from the one woman on earth who can make me lose my tongue entirely, which is Karen Callmaker. Let's say I'm just a giant fangirl. <laughs> I had to do a lot of breathing exercises before I did a podcast with her just so that I wouldn't pass out. <laughs> so the first book is Maybe Next Time by Karen Coolmaker. So let's talk about that. Tell me how it, it inspired you. Well, so you never forget your first, right? It's <laughs> true. Th this was my first. <laughs> I read this book back in 2004. I actually remember the year and all because it was the year that I was inspired to write The Fish Room, <laughs> which was my first novel. Oh my gosh, I just absolutely loved this book. And it was because it was the first time that I ever read a Les Fook book. I was a closeted person when it came to my sexuality and I wanted to explore through literature, you know, parts of myself that I, kept hidden all my life. And so I went on to, I, I think it was Bella Books at the time. I really don't remember where I purchased it. I just remember going online and looking at the catalog and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many books. This is amazing. And I didn't know any author or any books. So I just went in there as a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> and I picked that one and it was mailed to me. It was a paperback and it was mailed to me. 
and it was mailed in a very you know conspicuous box. You know, just it, it, there was nothing inconspicuous box. It was, it was nothing that showed that it was a book of any sort. And I was glad about that because <laughs> I, was, I didn't want anyone to know at the time. Anyway, I just remember going into my bedroom and, and, and like peeling open the, the, the box and I was so excited and there it sat. And I read that book in one night. And I never read that fast. I am pretty much, I'm a very slow reader. This particular book, I just like, whew, I inhaled it. <laughs> it, yeah, it brought up a lot of feelings in me and it also just really excited the creative part of my brain and said, oh my gosh, I can write books like this. I can write this too. You know, because at, at the time I was writing a lot, just straight stuff and nothing published, just, you know, a lot of just poetry, articles, journals, things of that sort, essays. And I thought, you know, gosh, this just completely inspired me. So that's what got me on my writing track was her book. What I loved about it was the way she told it in a series of flashbacks. And actually, this is very similar to what I'll be doing with the Pet Boutique is a lot of flashbacks going from time zone to time zone. What I liked about that was it brought me into her, her world. Sabrina was the main character. It brought me into her, her world. Instead of telling me about something, she was actually showing it to me. And I was, I was experiencing all of those periods in her life where she had a lot of regret. And so when, you brought, when she brought us back to the present tense, it was all about redemption, seeking that redemption for the past regrets and mistakes that she made in her life. And so I thought that was really powerful. And also, I, anytime, that you, anytime that you have a story that involves a musical artist of any sort, I'm totally in there because I just, I love, love, love performing arts and music. So I just felt like I stepped into that world for a little while of that fame and that music. And, and Karen did a beautiful job of portraying a lifestyle of a musician and what kind of challenges that also brings up. It was just riveting in the way that she also told about this main character's journey to her own sexuality, you know, discovering it. And I think many people can relate to, to that first discovery. And it was beautifully told, riveting, and anyone who is struggling to find their footing will be swept away by that part. She talks about her instrument as if it's part of her. Yes. Like there's a, there's a longing and there's a, like an incredible, it's her voice. It's, it's the way she communicates with the world. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, it really is. It's very sensual. And it's, um, yeah, it's very, very sensual. And so it was beautiful. And so I, I have a quick little story about Karen. So at the GCLS conference this year, I was the moderator for her author reading. And it's funny because you talked about how you were like prepping yourself to interview her. That's how I felt. I walked into the room where she was going to be doing the author reading. And I thought, oh my gosh, I am moderating Karen Callmaker. How am I going to do this? I mean, she was sitting right next to the podium. And I swear to God, she was the most beautiful, encouraging person, warm, friendly. And I felt totally comfortable in her presence instantly. And that says a lot about a person. She just completely made me and everybody else in the room feel comfortable. And 
that was beautiful. So, and then afterwards I got to do a little fangirling by getting my photo with her and posting it on Facebook and Twitter. And <laughs> it's beautiful. She's a really wonderful person. Absolutely. Yeah, she's just, I was so happy that I was able to actually meet her face to face and shake her hand and take a picture with her. <laughs> she's incredibly generous with her time and her praise for other authors. And I, no, I have a lot of time for Coolmaker, I do. Yeah. Okay. So the next book is 96 Hours by Georgia Beers. Yes. That book. So I love the way Georgia Beers tells this story. I started reading a lot more Lesfic at the time. And when I saw this particular title, I was a little bit like, hmm, I wonder what this is going to be like because 9-11 is so riveting, right? It's one of those um, memories that just, you know, exactly what you were doing that day, who you were with, what it felt like, those feelings never go away. I was a little apprehensive and a little scared, actually, to delve into a novel that was going to talk about that day. But I did anyway. I don't know, something called, I just, I just clicked by and, and I bought it. <laughs> and I'm glad I did. So one of the things that I found most fascinating about this novel and one that connected with me the most was a few of the characters, they had these things from their past that all of a sudden no longer mattered after 9-11 happened. And I remember I had that exact feeling. I was fighting with some family members over something. I don't even know what we were fighting about. I mean, we, we weren't talking for like a month. And we lived in the same home. Like I lived on the top floor in an apartment. They lived on the bottom. We were fighting about some kind of crazy who knows what. And 9-11 happened. And I remember going home for lunch that day. And I walked right up to their front door, knocked on it, and fell into their arms. <laughs> And we hugged, we cried, and we, we just let everything that happened melt away because it no longer mattered. We had each other, we were healthy, we were safe, and things were going to be very different in life from there. And some of her characters actually went through this. I know there was a, there was a character who had a cheating wife, and all he wanted to do in that day was to you know, stand with her and mourn fellow Americans. And it's just, it was, it was a beautiful story that I think anybody can feel immersed in the story. And it's not, yes, it's, it's a sad, sad moment. But the way Georgia Beers tells this story, it feels like it was a comfort to the heart, if you will, where you felt like you healed along with the characters. You know, that what I liked too about this story is that fate puts you together with people. And out of tragedy came a beautiful love. It shows people that no matter what happens in the world, that if you can find, if you seek, and I don't want to say goodness because I don't want to say that about 9-11, but if you seek opportunities to be able to find hope in a situation, let's just call it hope, you can find it. And so the story really brings home or drives home that point that when you focus on love, you can get through anything. Absolutely. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but 9-11 had an impact on the rest of the world too. I remember where I was when I just heard about it. I remember standing outside a shop with my grandparents and looking at the news, the CNN news on the TV. Like, what is going on, you know? It's burnt into the, the memory of the entire world. Yes, absolutely. It changed everything. 
But I agree with you. I mean, it is nice. What I also found interesting was she obviously did research into like what happened to the planes that had been diverted because right. there's all this kind of behind the scenes stuff that's happening. And you, you actually didn't think about that at the time because like, you know, what happens to play? People are in the air and now what? They can't land where they're supposed to land. And now you have stranded people. And I thought that that was really interestingly handled. Like it was an interesting backdrop for the story. Absolutely. I was intrigued by that. I, n I never thought about it. I never thought that these things were happening. You know, we were in our own little worlds at the time. And it never dawned on me that, yeah, people are stranded. There are people are in different countries. They can't come home. They're across the country. Rental cars probably were all maxed out. I mean, there was just no way to get home. And you want to be with your loved ones after something like that happens. So you bond with those people that you're around. And that was another beautiful aspect of the story is that friendships were formed. And bonds were formed with people, with total strangers who came together. And, you know, that, that's true. I mean, I, wherever you were here in America or wherever in the world, bonds were formed with people, with perfect strangers. I mean, I remember going to church two days later and praying with strangers. And it was comforting and um, it really brought peace to people. So that aspect of the story and going into that was really powerful, too. Okay, so your third pick for awesome books is A Small Country About to Vanish. By Victoria Evelyn. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Yes, you did. Now, Victoria is somebody I met. She's a great friend of mine. I met her at my first GCLS conference, and we've been friends ever since. It's been like three years since then. I learned about her book because she won the award. What intrigued me was her wife, Tracy, was so adorable. When they announced her name, Tracy like just shouted, and it was the most beautiful... <laughs> beautiful, beautiful applause and pure joy. And it was just beautiful. So anyway, she got up and gave her a beautiful acceptance speech. <laughs> and I, um, I, I went out and bought the book because I was so intrigued by it. Just her and her story of getting this award. The book is beautiful. Now this woman, <laughs> this woman can write. She weaves words together like no other. Honestly, she has become one of my favorite writers. There's a magical quality to her storytelling. And she weaves things together in such a way that it's almost lyrical. I felt like I was walking the streets of Israel. I felt like I was eating the food and smelling the smells and you know, in the places, in the settings that she portrayed, I could feel being in that home and the, in the, in the piano as it was playing, all of that stuff. She just has such a rich storytelling aspect to her writing. The story dug deep into the emotions and it had me asking those what if questions. And I love when a story does that for me. I love asking what if questions. And so that's what intrigued me the most is, you know, what if I had done this? and not done that, how differently could my life have been, right? If I had chosen to stand up for my friend at the time, then would I be in the situation that I'm in right now? If I hadn't done X, Y, Z and gone through the trials, would I still be who I am today? Would I be better off or worse off? You know, what kind of legacy am I gonna leave behind was, the, was to me the top question. As I was reading this, that's what I felt like the main character she had regrets over decisions that she made in the past and how her interactions. And as a result, she's on this journey now to rediscover all the things that she kind of, that she made and created, but also destroyed by, by creating some things. 
it was really suspenseful because I didn't know where, where it was going to end up. I had no idea how this character was going to resolve her life. And what I love is it didn't have a sappy ending. It was a, well, it was a happy ending if you, it depends on the person reading the book. I'll, I'll say that. What I like is it had me questioning things like, hmm, you know, was that the way I would do it as a, as a person? Is that the way I would have done things? Or, you know, what if I didn't do it that way? God, I'd be living in heartbreak for the rest of my life. So there are consequences to all of our actions. That's what Victoria does with this book is she makes you realize and see the consequences of our actions. And it really makes you think about life and how you conduct yourself. You know, the love story part of it was well, beautifully written in terms of the feelings that somebody would have towards another person and that longing and that heart-wrenching emptiness when you're not with that person and that wanting, that longing to be again reunited with that person. And oof, boy, did she take me on a roller coaster with that. Mm, yeah. I've read the first two, but I haven't read this one. So tell me, what kind of reader would appreciate this book? Anybody who enjoys immersing themselves in a culture that they're not familiar with, or somebody who is of Israeli culture and wants to explore that more. Somebody who likes to question the actions of somebody and not judge them by their actions, but really think about both sides of the equation. So it's, it, it definitely is not a, it's not, it's not a romance book. It's a general fiction book. So it's somebody who enjoys a little twist of romance, but the driving force is really character growth. So if you like to see a person resolve her inner conflicts and how she does that, then this book is for you. Okay. We will have the synopsis for all of these books in the show notes, along with by links for anybody who's interested. Susie, where can people find you online? Because I know that they're going to think you're just awesome and they have to come stalk you. <laughs> <laughs> Best place is probably my hub spot, which is curveswelcome.com. From there, I welcome you to click on my social media links in the top right hand corner of my website so that you can connect with me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, where else? Uh, Instagram. So come find me, connect with me, say hi. Let me know if you've listened to this podcast. It would be great. And also, they can find me on the Lesbian Talk Show under the Curves Welcome podcast. I podcast every other week on motivational self-help life advice type of things. They're about 15 minutes long. And again, I welcome you to connect there too. So yeah. All those links will be in the show notes too. Susie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Sheena. It's been a pleasure. This has been the Lesbian Review Podcast. You can find this and other awesome shows by searching for the Lesbian Talk Show anywhere you get your podcasts. We're even on Spotify now. Find more information on our guest in the show notes, as well as links to what we spoke about on this episode. And if you've enjoyed this podcast and want to see us creating more awesome content, then consider becoming a patron. Not only does this mean we can keep on doing this, but you will get exclusive podcasts that do not appear on the channel. You can find out all about it on patreon.com slash the lesbian talk show. The link is in the show notes. That's all for this episode. Bye.